You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got to leave the show off with the news that James Harden is going to opt into his contract. And by the time you guys hear this, it will already have happened. But James Harden is expected to opt in to his contract with the Philadelphia 76ers, but be traded as well, which is the caveat and the surprise here, because for me, Adam, and I want to get your thoughts on it, but my immediate thought was, and always has been actually, that Harden back to the Sixers just made the most sense, even if it was an imperfect fit, even if it was a less than ideal fit, even if the Sixers didn't necessarily want to give Harden as much money as he was looking for, and even if Harden didn't necessarily want to play for the Sixers anymore. But in terms of fit and the potential there, to me, it just made the most sense. I always thought that he would go back there. This caveat that he's going to opt in and get traded to me probably means a number of things, but I'm interested in your thoughts on it because it did catch me off guard when I heard the news. Well, the first thing that I thought of is that I think the reason why we thought that Philly had to keep Harden was because if he leaves via free agency, then they're not getting anything back for him. So now at least this gives the Sixers an opportunity to get something back in return. And I do think that that that's important because with their cap situation, if they lose an asset like James Harden for nothing, they can't, you know, they're not, they aren't under the cap to where they could just replace him. So I I think that this really works out well for Philly. Because they can get off Harden, you know, they don't, they no longer now have to worry about paying Harden when he's 34, 35, 36 years old. That's done. So now they can go get somebody that might be a better fit for their roster. And I think the first team that you think of is the Clippers. And I'm just kind of looking at their roster right now. And and there are trades out there, I think that makes sense. Like, let's say um, the, the Clippers, because I, I think they have to get up to 30, I think they have to get up to 25, 26 million in order to make the contracts work. I mean, that's Norman Powell's at 18. And then, you know, the Sixers could go and take Covington or Batum, one of those guys, you know, that gets you there. So boom, you're right there. You're right at that number. And I think that's good for Philly. I think that helps Philly. I think that Philly and Philly's had Covington before. Daryl Morey has traded for Covington before. Um, So I think that makes sense for both sides. So I, I think that by the time that, you know, maybe the next 24, 48 hours, I think that James Harden will wind up being a member of the Sixers. I, I think, it, or excuse me, a member of the Clippers. I think it makes sense for both sides. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't believe it's come to this. You know, I, I kind of thought the whole point of him signing 
the two, you know, the one plus one last year was that it would get him back into the market where there was going to be more teams under the cap to pay him. But I think it kind of shows you uh, in a sense, he kind of miscalculated his worth around the league. Um, and we can get into that in a minute, but I just, it's, it's, it's a very surprising kind of turn for how James Harden's career has gone, where, you know, he went from mega star to, having to take less money last year when he finally became a free agent for the first time in his career. And then I think he thought that I, I know he thought he was going to hit it big with another big free agent offer um, this summer. And it's just not there. I think that he was expecting to get a four year max. And I think it's quite apparent that that's just not there for him. Yeah. That that's gotta be the big takeaway, Adam. The fact that the opt-in maybe the get and traded part is less surprising than the opt-in part. Uh, and of course, they come together, right? It's a package deal sort of thing or a package package concept, I should say. But the opting in, because you, you would assume, I, I think, I feel like the entire discussion that we've been having about this, Adam, has centered around or, or there we have operated under this assumption that, of course, he's going to opt out because this money is going to be there for him. And so when we say that he miscalculated his market, I also feel like I did as well, or like we kind of did as a general public, because there was this assumption that there would be this demand for him somewhere, if not in Houston, in Philadelphia. And then as it played out, it seemed like, and it seems like this way now that he became kind of a man without a country, or at least like stuck in between the two sides of the player that, that he is actually valued at by the league and the, and the player that he thinks he is. And, and that's somewhere in between that's somewhere right about what he's going to what he's going to make in this opt in deal. You know what I mean? Like it, there was this belief that he was just going to be worth this money, you know, that this money was going to come there. And and we again, we operated under this assumption and it just was not there. That that to me has got to be the most shocking part of it. Yeah. And the guy who didn't give him the contract is the guy who basically owes him his career. I mean, right. Daryl Morey owes his career to James Harden. And if Daryl Morey isn't ready to, to, you know, give you everything you want, then at some point he's got to kind of reevaluate just where he is and, and how he takes care of, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because I think that this should be kind of a rude awakening for him at this point. I mean, this is now two off seasons in a row where it just hasn't been there for him. You know, for whatever reason, the league just has not valued him. And think about this, you know, almost three years ago when he first asked for the trade from the Rockets, they offered him two years, 103 million. They offered him that extension. And obviously he didn't take it because I think the assumption always was, well, I don't have to take this because the money will be there in two years. When I do hit the market, it wasn't there. And so basically this two year, whatever it is, $68 million contract that he now is going to have to play through with the Sixers, it would have been two years, 103 with the Rockets. So he cost himself $35 million. He could have just signed that extension when they offered it to him and played out that first Silas year in 2020, 2021, and then asked for a trade and he'd have the money. He'd, he'd have 35 million more dollars and a whole lot more, you know, he would be in a whole lot different situation uh, now, that, but you know, that's just kind of, he miscalculated the whole situation and it, it's, he, he's still fine. You know, he's got plenty of money, but yeah, 35 million is 35 million. And well, then on, on top of it, Adam, think about it like this. Like it was, so, so what, what, what was it that he signed for two, two years and 68? Yeah, two years, sixty-eight. It might be sixty-eight point something. Yeah, but like, cause so but let's just let's round up. Let's round up and just call it uh, two years, sixty-nine for 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 the thrill of it. And the the punchline here is they're going to end up, or let's say they might end up signing Fred Van Bleet 
yeah. for, for two years, 80. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's going to end up getting less than within a, let's call it a two-year two year span here. He's going to end up getting less than Fred Van Bleet in the market from the team that he was hoping to go to and the team where he made his name. And, and to your point that you just made earlier, not even getting it from uh, the money that he thought he was going to get from the one guy that's got the most belief and the most invested in his own legacy in this guy. Yeah, and also by opting in, he doesn't, you know, the Clippers won't have bird rights on him either next year. So they'll have early bird rights, but they won't have full bird rights because it's only a, you know, it's only the two-year contract. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of an unfortunate turn for him. Um, I, I, I will be very interested once we move further along, why the money wasn't there from Philly, because I thought, I just always assumed that it would be um, and just because they couldn't afford to, to lose him. But it's really, it's really just an interesting turn in a turn of events because I think that he always knew he wanted the money, but I think that he knew that okay, if the Sixers aren't there, the Rockets will be there, and the Rockets just weren't there for him. So, or at least that's the appearance right now. So it's just a very interesting turn for how this is all shaped out because I thought it was, I thought the money was going to be there for him, I really did, and you know, this is now back to back off seasons where. You know, two years ago, that after that first year with Philly, he was hurt, and they didn't go there with him. And, you know, they kind of played it off as, well, he sacrificed a bunch of money so that they could sign P.J. Tucker and sign Daniel House and, and sign Montrez Harrell. Well, he took less money because there was, no, there was nothing else out there for him. So he really didn't have much of a choice. But the assumption would be that, oh, he'll just opt out and get the money the next summer. And here we are. And it just – the market never materialized. And like you say, it, that's a really good point that you bring up. There are a lot of teams with cap space, and for whatever reason, none of those teams seem to be interested in James Harden. And, and I would be – he's got a – that's one of those things that I think that he needs to kind of now figure out, okay, well, why? I've, I've accomplished all this stuff in my career. I've had one of the – I'm one of the best 75 players to ever play this game. I've won an MVP. I probably could have two more MVPs under my belt if, you know, a vote here or a vote there changes. I could have – you know, I was the best player on a 65-win team that almost took out the best team of this generation uh, in the Western Conference Finals. Why is it not there for me? What am I doing wrong? What do I need to change in order to change, you know, whatever the narrative the narrative is surrounding me? Before we move on to Kenyon Martin Jr. and his option getting picked up, I do want to ask you about the Harden. Since we're on Harden, let's talk about this briefly from the Rockets angle. And I only bring it up because earlier in the day, so before this news comes out, I took the angle on Payne and Pender. So I'm filling in for Payne and on Payne and Pendergast for Seth Payne. So I'm hosting with Sean Pendergast in the mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. for the week. And the take that I had this morning that I feel like age like, you know, like milk was that Harden saved the Rockets from himself from, from themselves by going back to the 76ers. He saved he perhaps saved the Rockets from overindulging a little bit in James Harden. I thought that there was reason to be interested in James Harden or reason for interest in James Harden. And I legitimately believed, and I think you and I agreed on this, that James Harden could help them. From a basketball perspective now the off-court stuff the interpersonal stuff the leadership stuff i get why all of that stuff is question mark i didn't I, I didn't feel like i could speak to that as much as just to say hey him as a basketball player would be a plus for this team but i mean for for me i'm thinking hey if he's going to go back to philly and that was the thought at the time hey he's just going to go back to philly that saves the rockets from 
perhaps overindulging in James Harden, maybe giving him too much money over too many years instead of just doing the, you know, the two-year thing like we talked about with Fred Van Bleed or the, the two-year thing that we thought would have been probably the best fit for James Harden if you were going to bring him back. You know, my thought was he saved the Rockets from themselves, but it turns out like the it's the exact opposite as we've just discussed here for the last 10 to 12 minutes or so. It, it, it's not that he saved the Rockets from themselves. It just turns out that this wasn't his market or what we thought his market was just turned out not to exactly be. So, you know, I saw some people giving credit to the Rockets for, for not doing exactly what I mentioned for not overindulging, but, but what do you think about this from a, from a Rockets perspective, this whole Harden thing, not materializing, whether it's a good thing and, and what the best pivot is, if that's even the right way to put it, depending on how, how deep you thought the interest was to begin with. But but how do, how do you think about this from a Rocket standpoint? I think there was certainly interest, but I don't know if it was I, – I, the word that I that I had somebody use to me in that front office was they were a little conflicted because right. I, I do think that they they wanted uh, – like I said, they, they were certainly interested in bringing him back, but at what cost? And so if, if he was going to say, hey, I want a four-year max, I don't think there was any way that they were going to do that. I think that they kind of understood where he was and where they were as an organization. It really didn't make a whole lot of sense for them to go that route. Now, if you would have said two-year max, then I think the conversation changes. And I think, you know, you look at two-year max is essentially, it's not quite the, I think it's a little bit more than what we're, than what they might be going for with Fred Van Vliet. If that's the direction that they go in, it's, you know, it's, it's, but it's not much more. I think that is a little bit more feasible. And I, I don't think they wanted to go more. You're seeing a lot of two-year contracts with them right now. They're, that's what they're kind of be, being linked to at this point. And part of it is, I don't know if they wanted to go above two years for a lot of these guys, because that's when the, the rookie extensions start to hit with Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun. And then all of a sudden, especially with the way that the new CBA is working out, and if you're kind of into that second apron, and that can get a little scary, both in the penalties um, both financially and, and just how it kind of hamstrings you when you're building out your roster. So that's why I it, it kind of feels like they're not going to go more than two years with a lot of these guys unless, you know, kind of depending on where the money is. But so I, I think that they always in there, I get, this is kind of my way of saying, I think always in their head as an organization, they were never going to go to the four-year max route that I think some people might have been worried about. I think for them – and I don't know if they would say this. I don't know if they would agree with this, but to me, it always kind of felt like it's two years and that's it. That's all we're willing to go is just the two years. You know, maybe we can talk about a third, but then the, you know, but then the money, the first two years would have to be a little bit less. So I would be, you know, once this is all said and done and once this gets wrapped up and once a trade to wherever happens, whether it's the Clippers or Phoenix or, or wherever, I think we'll start to get a better feel of what the Rockets were willing to, at the number that the Rockets were willing to go to and what Harden in the end was demanding. But it, it it does come off a little bit strange and it might just show you that the Rockets interest just completely fell off the table by the fact that he just took the 30, you know, the 35.6 or whatever it is for next year. And it's going to be hard for him to probably make much more than that if he does get another contract. So to me, it made a whole lot more sense for him to just take a two year deal somewhere, whether it's Houston or somewhere else. But, you know, that's so it, it kind of feels like that maybe just that two year offer from the Rockets might have been off the table. And then I wonder how much changed just after the lottery, 
you know, did were they kind of all in on Harden and then, you know, they wound up with the fourth pick instead of the first pick or the second pick or the third pick. And then maybe they felt like their need changed. So it's, it's a really interesting, like I said, it's a very interesting turn of events because this is not something that I would have expected to happen when we start. We've been talking about this since December. You know, I, I don't think if, I don't think if we did this on Christmas, I don't think there's any way that I thought that we would be here six months later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, you know, one thing that's interesting for me about it, Adam, is like thinking back on it, especially like being here now. And we're on the record already, like both both you and I as guys who were able to rationalize and make sense of James Harden coming back to the Rockets, how the fit could work and why it could make sense even like despite all of the noise around there's a lot of noise around it that didn't have a lot to do with like reality that what that didn't seem baked in reality now we ended up with a totally different reality here now as we're discussing but but one thing that i'm thinking about uh, uh, perhaps a miscalculation on my on my part that i'm still trying to think through is the fred van bleet dynamic and how you know, eventually I had to talk myself into the reality that they were going to overpay for somebody and, and still are going to overpay for somebody. We just don't necessarily know who it is yet as we record this podcast. But that's what this market is going to look like. It's not a super impressive free agent market, but the money is there and guys are available. And there are guys that can that you can bring in that, that could help you win that immediately raise your floor, your, your ceiling and your floor. But certainly your floor. And we've talked about this a lot that it's a year about at minimum minimum floor <laughs> at the very least raising your floor. Right. So, so that's where you're at. And then Fred Van Vliet, kind of my point on that is like, maybe, maybe that was always a better fit all along. Even if the money, even if we just concede that the idea of paying Fred Van Vliet 35, 40 million, 40 plus million dollars a year, Sounds a little bit outrageous for with respect to Fred Van Vliet and what he's accomplished in his career. He's a solid, really, really good player. But $45 million, like we, we've reached that place in the economy, in this economy, in this basketball economy where Fred Van Vliet can command that kind of money. But in a lot of ways, even after the lottery, considering that, like it's a guy that makes a lot of sense for like for a transition period. Fred Van Vliet can be very useful to you under a two-year deal in the first two years of an Amon Thompson. So maybe it's all of that, right? You, you know, you lose out on the lottery. It looks like you're going to land a point guard, a really good point guard at number four in Thompson. And maybe it's good to have him play behind a Fred Van Bleet who's only around for a couple of years. And by the time those couple of years are over with, maybe Amon Thompson is actually ready to be your full-time point guard since he's already projected to be your point guard of the future as a number four overall pick. So, so I, my point is, I wonder if I, b- because James Harden is who he is, and we understand James Harden's a better basketball player than Fred Van Vliet. I'm not breaking news to anybody there, but maybe because of that, I overlooked the possibility or the the idea that Fred Van Vliet could be a better or somebody like it. Doesn't have. I'm, 
I'm using Fred Van Vliet as the example, but somebody other than James Harden, let's just say, and Fred Van Vliet is just the name that's out there, but maybe that made a lot more sense than Harden all along. Uh, I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a good question. I think it's hard to – I think the Harden stuff was kind of front and center because it, it's one thing to have cap space, but it's another reason – it's a whole other thing to get somebody to take the cap space. And so you see it all the time where these teams have cap space, but it's hard to get somebody to take it. Whereas Harden was the guy that would actually be interested in coming here. You know, he obviously has the ties to the organization. And when you're coming off of winning 42 games, you know, 42 combined games over, actually they've won 59 games the last three years. So you would kind of think, Hey, it might be hard to get free agents to come here. You know, when you've only won 59 games in a three year span, but when you have a guy who has played here before, likes the city, uh, you know, cares about the organization, then that's why I think Harden was kind of in the forefront. And I never thought, I'll be honest, I never really thought that Van Vliet was any sort of an option to come here, uh, you know, just because he has no ties to the organization. He has no ties to the city. Why would he be interested in coming to a team that has won 59 games over the last three years, aside from the money? But yeah, oh, that, that, get- that was that was going to be the thing I was going to mention, the the. The, uh, the 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 absurdity that I was talking about earlier of paying Fred Van Bleep forty plus million dollars. Obviously, he, you know, in theory, maybe he could get that in Toronto, but but that's the thing. Like maybe we just didn't give enough credit to how much the money could lure a guy and and, and say, hey, maybe I still could get, maybe I could money with this guy and tell him, hey, we're going to make you, you know, a, a very important part of you know phase two of our rebuild, as has been coined in the at, at Toyota Center, especially if the money is not there from anybody else. And so, you know, if the money's not there from Toronto, then you have to go somewhere else to get it. Um, so, yeah, it's and it's not, you know, it's all these it's all these guys, because um, that's the one thing about free agency is that most cases with the, you know, you're going to have to overspend. You know, you're, you're paying somebody for what he has done, not what he will do. That's essentially what free agency is. And so uh, whether it's Van Vliet or anybody else, there are very few basketball players who are worth that sort of money. Van Vliet is not one of those guys who's worth that sort of money, but that's just the going rate. And that's just something that you have to do. And, you know, for them, if they can get it, if they can do two years, Hey, that's fine. You know, you can get away with two years and also don't forget, you know, you you play out this next season and then all of a sudden you're a $40 million expiring contract, which can be used in a lot of different things. You know, whether you're trying to chase after a star, whether it be a guy in Boston, whether it's a guy in Milwaukee who wants out or a guy, you know, all all these possibilities start to open up. And that that's part of, you know, why free agency is important. It's not just about how the guys can help you on the floor, but you also need to have those contracts. If you are trying to swing big trades that might help you land a bigger fish down the road. 